Good morning, friends. I'm going to go ahead and dive right in. I woke up this morning to the tragic news that Lisa Marie Presley had basically lost her struggle with grief. And before any doctors come forward and give their two cents, their toxicology reports, whatever, I'm going to tell you right now, right here, as a suicide survivor, as somebody who's lost somebody very close to me to suicide, that this woman died of a broken heart. She loses her son, Benjamin, two years ago. He was 27 years old. And um, this woman's journey has really, really hit home. Now, I'm not one to normally comment about the passing of a celebrity. I genuinely believe that when these tragic events unfold in the media, to give these folks their space, to let them grieve privately. But, you know, here's a woman who actually reminded us that don't let your friends grieve privately, right? And so she was this very, very public figure, but she left us this golden nugget behind in a letter that she wrote People Magazine on National Grief Awareness Day. Now, this woman was born into the limelight, not by choice. She absolutely... um, you know, a lot of people could say that she was born into a life of privilege. She was gifted Graceland at the age of 25. That's when her dad's trust kicked in and she was gifted this estate, you know, but at the end of the day, she was a mother, a woman, and ultimately somebody who lost her battle with being a suicide survivor. What she shared with us in that letter really just broke my heart and just rocked me to the core of my soul. She proceeds to explain that she understands that this is not a comfortable subject for anyone and that it's a very unpopular topic to talk about, potentially triggering to a lot of people. But she states that if we're going to make any progress on the subject of grief, that it has to be talked about. You guys, we all know that death is a part of life. She talks about that in the letter as well. And she proceeds to talk about how grief doesn't go away. And, you know, I started thinking about our own tragic loss and how you have all of this outpour of love and support, even from from other family members that are going through it. But as the funeral passes and the days go on, people are forced back into their routines and their roles. And I think they're secretly hoping that you kind of somehow fall back into your own personal routine and your own personal normalcy. But, you know, this isn't the way grief works. You just don't get over it. It's an incredibly lonely process, especially a grief to suicide because people genuinely don't know what to say. It's so uncomfortable. And so in this letter, she reminds us that if we have any friends that are grieving, you know, please reach out to them long after the funeral because that's when they're going to need you the most. Six months after the funeral, two years after the funeral, that's when they're going to need you the most. Pick up the phone and call them. You know, Go sit with them. Even if you don't, if you think you have nothing to say, just listen to them. So if you've ever known of somebody or if you're somebody that perhaps is struggling with the idea of no longer being here and you're toying with the idea of, well, perhaps my family and my friends will be better off without me. I'm here to remind you as somebody on the other side of that who has lost somebody to suicide that you're wrong. Not for a single moment is your family going to be better off without you. 
You may think that the second you leave this earth, your pain is over. But in reality, what you did is it was absorbed by everyone around you that loves you. And so now they're holding this pain and they don't know what to do with it. And so you really didn't end your pain. You basically transferred it on to people that perhaps haven't even been born yet because they're going to be affected by, by your void, by your loss, by the pain and the mourning of the people that are left behind that love you. And so I'm asking you to please be brave and fight to live another day. If you have to do it minute by minute or hour by hour, then just do that. I know asking somebody who's hurting to stay here another day is a lot. And at the time when you're going through this pain, you may think, I can't do this another day. So I'm asking you just do it minute by minute and hour by hour if that's what you have to do. Because I promise you the collateral damage of your loss is going to be a bomb. She talks in this letter about how people avoid you after a tragedy. And I can, I can attest to that. It's true. And, the, and she says how it's perhaps because seeing you live out your worst nightmare is a reminder that they can live out their worst nightmare as well. And then this woman is so brutally honest and she just really is vulnerable and just shows us this side of her of what she's been carrying. She's a living testament that, you know, she made a choice. She really tried to keep going day by day for her girls. She ultimately lost her struggle with being a suicide survivor. And, um, you know, I'm just here to remind you that if you know anyone who's hurting, if it's been six months, two years since their funeral, reach out to them. Ask them how they're doing. Let them talk about their loved one. Please, please don't get sick about hearing about them. That's how we keep their memory alive. If we share a funny story, a goofy story, that's how we keep their memory alive. Allow us to do that. Please. So, you know, I want to encourage you to pick up the phone and reach out to anyone who's grieving and hurting or go sit with them. And that's really what the point of her letter was. It came from this really real place to... um Talk about something really uncomfortable that's triggering and people don't want to talk about, but it has to, it has to be talked about. I'm not asking you to live in the past if you're grieving. I'm not asking you to not make an effort to be present and to submerge yourself in nature and to um, to remind you that the best way you can go on when you have a broken heart and you've lost someone is to think about the best pieces of your loved one, the absolute best pieces, the pieces that they touched you and really made you better. And go out there and and share that with every stranger that you meet. When you hug someone, transfer that. Let them see that light in your eyes. Let them wonder what that twink was all about. It's because you were touched by an angel. You were touched by love. And so that is the best way that you can honor somebody who's gone is by trying your hardest, no matter how damn hard it gets, no matter how lonely, no matter how painful, to just go out there and honor the memory of your loved one by having, keep them guessing, why the hell is she so happy? You know, how can she be so, you know, whatever, 
Whatever it is that they say about you that's positive, let that be a testament that you've been touched by an angel. You've been touched by love. You guys, I know that this subject is triggering. But if you're thinking of leaving, please don't. You will be missed more than you could ever imagine. She talks in the letter also about how people that were coming to comfort her would tell her, oh, you know, I can't imagine, I can't even imagine the pain you're in. And she says that the truth is that they absolutely could imagine the pain that she was in, but they just absolutely didn't want to. Because again, this is very, very triggering. She leaves us with whether a person has lost a child, a parent, a spouse, a sibling, a fiance, or anyone. Please ask him if they're doing okay. And again, allow them to talk about this person because that's how they keep that memory alive. I'm sending you a lot of love, you guys. There's 8 billion people on this earth. You are not alone. So whether you've been struggling with wanting to be here lately or whether you're missing somebody that's no longer with us um, or if you have a friend or a family member who's just hurting uh, because they buried somebody a few months ago or a few years ago, don't count them out. They're not out of the woodworks. They need your love right now probably more than ever way more than past the funeral. So check in with these friends, ask them how they're doing. And I get it, life goes on and we get busy. But please, what we need right now in the world more than anything is for you to be empathetic and to demonstrate this, you know, outpour of love and support long after these funerals are are done. We need humanity. We need that compassion. I am sending you guys so much love And thank you for listening to what is a very difficult subject to talk about. But if it even helps one person, and if you can go out there and even help one person, then we did our job. Much love.